At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents The Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I am here in the Fields of Regret, welcoming my co-host, Lotus of Doom, to the show. Lotus, welcome to the Fields of Regret. Uh, yeah, I, I already am regretting this decision to come here. This is a huge, huge mistake. <laughs> That's I, What have we done? <laughs> it was also, I think it was also a mistake for Clavicus Vile to name uh, his his uh, little realm of de- oblivion, the Fields of Regret, because it's not a real good selling point Yeah. for, I mean, why would you name it that? I mean, he's, he's I, a deal maker, but you would think a deal maker would know better than to right, name Right, but I mean, like, it, that, that means the same type of thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, live on grift lane but i'm very very trustworthy it's like what are you doing like why are you giving away everything you got right out the gate that's not that's not gonna get you anywhere here right man yeah so how are you doing welcome back to the show i'm doing well i'm doing well uh this is this will be an interesting one because this will have some uh awkward throwbacks for for what i have be able to suggest for for clavicus vile because there's a couple uh couple bits of clavicus vile that <laughs> are back from the more obscure elder scrolls games which i like to always bring attention to and clavicus really really lives up to some of the obscure bits yes yes so uh yeah we're on to our third of the daedric prince uh recaps where we're diving a little bit deeper into the daedric princes and uh we teased it last week and as rob the princess points out yes we're up to the c word the c uh the c (laughs) princes the c starting letter is clavicus the c stands for clavicus uh clavicus vile and clavicus vile is known as the prince of trickery and bargains the master of insidious wishes the child god of the morning star and nikot to some second era cultists who lack the ability to read daedric script <laughs> so he uh he also has a, a buddy he's he's the one daedric prince who has who has a good good boy barvis he does he does and he gets bonus points for having a good good boy yes he does because you and i are both fans of uh dogs we're more dog yes. people than we are cat people yep. and um because dogs are better than cats let's just be honest here i'm sorry there for all of our cat there, listeners wow. out there shots fired shots fired shots fired dogs better dogs are better i'm sorry <laughs> i'm also allergic to cats so i kind of don't have a choice 
Well, that's that's the situation. Is we my my wife is allergic to uh, cats as well. I pretty much just like all pets. But I was gonna say my <laughs> chubby little puppy in the background is quite pleased to hear all this dog talk. So <laughs> dark mage in chat is like, whoa, hold up, robots. I I'm, I won't hold it against you if you're a cat person. That's fine. I j- I just I can't do cats. So we'll just we'll just leave it there. But that doesn't mean that I think Clavicus Vile is necessarily one of the good Daedra. No, no, I'm going to I'm going to overtly say he's not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And why is that? Why don't you think he's one of the good ones? Well, um, once we once we get into it a little more, uh, I have some uh, traumatic memories of dealing with him, although I find his stories to be very cool. Cool as in interesting, not necessarily good. <laughs> cool. Um, cool. Because, you're a cool guy, Clavicus Vile. Yeah, you're, you're great. <laughs> C is also for cool. Um, <laughs> but <sighs> once we get into his Daedric artifacts and how he presents them to people with deals, I think that'll really kind of solidify uh, exactly how screwed up he can be in a lot of situations. Uh, we don't have a the last two princes i've had a book very specifically that i've wanted to reference uh this one we won't have any uh there wasn't a book specifically that i wanted to reference Mm -hmm. but once we get to it um one of his artifacts the story to it um that i believe was from skyrim originally yeah it is it is really warped (laughs) it's just like one of those deals where it's like you did that just to be awful. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And well, and I mean, that's that can be true for many of the Daedric Princes. But here, well, let's, for sure, let's let's serve this up a little bit. He's the kind of Daedric Prince who just seems to be bored with things. Yes. And he's willing to make deals with mortals to entertain himself. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the way the way things tend to go. He likes he likes to be social. He likes to get out in the world He likes to find people to kind of entertain himself. I mean, that really that's typically his kind of M.O. is, hey, you know what? I'm going to find some schmuck (laughs) and I'm going to say, hey, let's let's work out a deal. Oh, there's a thing I want. There's a thing that you want. Let's work on a little deal here. Let's see if you're willing to do this thing for me. Right. And since Daedric Princes don't have um, typical morality, as we would refer to it, a lot of the things where I reference is like, wow, that seems just cruel for the sake of cruel mm-hmm. comes across as just like, oh, I'm just entertaining myself. So you'll get the the moral ambiguity of the Daedra really show through when, to your point, it, if you were, quote unquote, referring to him as bored and just like looking for something to be amused by giving people these. I don't know, monkey's paw scenarios are really, really like, oh, I just want to see how they react. And unfortunately, when you, you know, to get the best reactions, you usually do something pretty, you know, twisted. Diabolical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of diabolical, he typically is shown with two horns. He's usually shown in a male configuration male shape that's why we keep saying he but uh, we could yeah, we, we could say they yeah that he same is with all, all of them it doesn't right it, it changes at their whims so at their whim. kind of but yeah typically will represent themselves as a male figure um almost always with barbus his or their dog companion although yeah. sometimes without 
and it depends on the series uh, and right. earlier versions of clavicus vial in the series didn't always have a dog companion specifically sometimes barbus was actually depicted as other types of animals and didn't wasn't always named barbus even right and the name thing I would think might be a little more of finding their footing in the series. But to that point, Barbus can shape shift pretty frequently. Like uh, pretty much. I, I don't know if there are specific limitations. Uh, I, I don't believe that this has ever been mentioned yeah. specifically. But, well, so the whole, the whole concept about Barbus is actually really interesting here. So why don't, right. why don't we sidetrack on that real quick? Because yeah, just actually cover Barbus. Right. Okay. So yeah, let, let's talk about point. Barbus. So yep. like starting in Daggerfall and in uh, Redguard, uh, Barbus is a dog, is a hound. Um, in Morrowind, Barbus is a creeper. Yeah. And, it wasn't until Oblivion that Barbus is actually given the name Barbus. He's he's basically just the companion of Clavicus Vile until Oblivion. Um, it is it's well known that Sheogorath dislikes Barbus and often teases that Sheogorath has plans to kill Barbus using Hemlock, which is kind of funny because Daedric God killing Daedric God's companion with something as simple as Hemlock. Is that even possible? And let's go into the details on this because Barbus himself or itself or themselves or whatever Barbus is. Yeah. Barbus is pretty amorphous is amorphous in so the Daedric everything it, else. Right. So there's there's a lot of debate about this. Like, is Barbus a shape shifting Daedra that is a companion to a Daedric prince or and I think that this is my my headcanon actually falls more in line with the idea that Barbus is a piece of Clavicus Vile and I would tend to agree that that seems to lend itself to make the most sense and there, um, there have been times where uh, like the storyline I believe it's the one in Skyrim where Barbus leaves Clavicus Vile and yep. during that time period, Clavicus Vile's powers are reduced and Clavicus right. Vile can only manifest themselves within uh, a certain distance from Clavicus Vile's shrines. Yep. And until Barbus is reunited with Clavicus Vile, the power is reduced. Right. And so it's 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 almost like uh, uh, let's use Lord of the Rings as an example, you know, like Sauron puts some of his power into the one ring. And until Sauron gets the one ring back, Sauron's power is reduced because the power has effectively been divided into two places. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. So and it's also not the only time that something like this happens with Clavicus Viles. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of got. um you know, pretense that that's something that theoretically could happen when we, again, another Daedric artifact we'll be getting to, but with Umbra, it's, it's yeah. like part, he, you know, parts of his power are turned into something else for varying degrees of reasoning, um, which then saps him to an extent. And then they kind of go off on their own and do their own thing, which doesn't usually please him too much because uh, again, it, you know, cutting off a portion of yourself that then, goes off to do its own thing. Well, you effectively just weakened yourself for something that's now not actually helping you. And, you know, in the case of Barbus, very specifically, Barbus oftentimes kind of has his own agenda to try to 
usually it's it's well intentioned to help uh-huh. uh yeah clavicus vile but they don't always agree on the best way to do something that they're trying to do right yeah it's it's almost like uh clavicus vile it's themselves or itself. I mean, and sometimes I'll say itself when it, when I'm referring to a Daedric Prince, because it's almost like the Daedric Princes are not even really personalities. They're almost like uh, forces of nature. And so yeah. if I say it, it, it's I'm not removing I'm not using it in, in place of them as a non as a non gender. I'm it's the. It's the nebulous demigod being of a Daedric Prince. Right. It's it's like the force of nature itself. But. So if, if I'm wishy-washy on that, it's because I'm kind of jumping back and forth in my head between yeah, is this a person to, or is this a force? Um, right. It's a little hard to <laughs> nail down some of the the weird liquid aspects of these. Like, right. Right. This, you know, data princes oftentimes are not really tangible things all the time. So it's right. like, well, it starts getting real hard to really put your finger on exactly what you're talking about. So. So, so OK, so let's 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 go to the side of. If Daedric, if Clavicus Vile is a person, then they almost, it's almost like they have multiple split personalities and these split personalities manifest in things like representations of like Barbus or um, uh, uh, Umbra. And, and I find that interesting because Clavicus Vile is inherently social. Clavicus Vile the boredom that clavicus file finds is this boredom of being whole and it's as if clavicus needs to split themselves apart in order to entertain and find something to do (laughs) in a sense there needs to be more going on than just one personality can can handle and when that happens Clavicus Vile is no longer happy because there's it doesn't it also doesn't want to be split or they don't right. want to be split, but they want to be whole again. But when they're whole again, they're also bored. So it's this kind of going back and forth of like it doesn't want to be split. So it wants to be whole, but it doesn't want to be whole because then it's bored. So it wants to split back up. It's this kind of like cycle that Clavicus Vile keeps going in and out of. Exactly. It's, it's this really weird mechanic that. Clavicus file just keeps finding themselves in and it's this uh, it's one of those things that you don't notice until you start looking at the events through the different eras and through the different stories but this seems to happen over and over and over again right and kind of as a side effect of that it's like to alleviate the boredom the thing that helps entertain them is something that weakens their overall power so it's like this weird like you were saying it's like a weird cycle of like okay well i need to be entertained right but then as a side effect of entertaining myself it usually comes in added at at a cost Mm -hmm. to myself but then you know if i can manage to realign myself and deal with that again because a lot of times barbus will annoy clavicus right, vile right, uh, specifically right. in skyrim like right clavicus vile is not entertained and then clavicus and, will send barbus away yes and he'll be like exactly. go leave me i you annoy me get away and then and, and, and then barbus will find his way back and then right he'll be happy to be reunited with him again and then he'll get upset and then send him away again it's like it's exactly. a cycle yeah it's it, it is and and that's just it and it's like when you have these ability to uh 
not die, but like, you know, from, from the standpoint of Daedra, they, they can respawn and stuff like that. And it's even more nebulous when it comes to like a Daedric Prince, but in, in Skyrim specifically, uh, for, for the quest dealing with his shrine, you get two different, you can, you have a choice of two different items depending upon how you play out the quest. If you give Barbus back quote unquote to, uh, Clavicus Vile, you'll get the mask of Clavicus Vile, which is a Daedric artifact and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Whereas <laughs> Clavicus Vile is like, kill him. Like, get, get, <laughs> kill Barbus. And right. it's like, what? Kill him? Right. And if you kill him, you get a different Daedric artifact, which really weird side note asterisk uh, does not actually count as a Daedric artifact in game toward your Oblivion Walker achievement, which is very bizarre. Huh. Um, the Rufalax for whatever reason that does not count. Um, but it, it, he, he'll give you an entirely different web, uh, you know, item, which I, you know, for lack of a better word in game is bad. It's not very good. It's, it's a pretty crappy weapon. Um, so moral of the story, don't kill Barbus, uh, but, but, but like, there you go. It's like, like, he's, he's basically willing to hinder himself just for the sake of amusement. Oftentimes. Right. Right. I feel like, um, and this quick little side note, I feel like characters, there are other characters that do this. Like Sheo Gorath is, is a character that simply because, Sheogorath represents chaos. Oftentimes, yeah, that's very big into the duality thing, right? Oftentimes, uh, order and chaos, and you know, mania and and what mm-hmm. um, what is depression type of thing. It, it's yeah, that his is a little darker, it's different and darker, yeah. but it's the same kind of thing. Will willing to put yeah. put themselves in a position of uh, uh, being vulnerable simply for the sake of entertainment right right and the, and the duality is still there it's just dealing with different things right right so okay so we've got we've got this weird nature that clavicus vile is in we've got the the devil's horns so this and i think that's a representation to this christian kind of satan deal maker kind of lucifer kind of thing going on here that you know was probably something that had to do with the early concept of the character um, and then we also have, and you've mentioned, uh, Umbra. Do you want to yes. talk about Umbra? Cause this, this is a reference to the books and we've talked about the books a little bit on the podcast before, and we don't want to, we don't want to talk too in depth to ruin the whole story because these books are worth reading. These are the only two elder scrolls books that were published outside right. of um, the, and yeah. we're not talking in game books. We're talking like real world books based on Ooh. Yes, they're, they're the two Elder Scrolls novels that right. actually exist. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they, they did not see a lot of success, although, you know, I, I personally thought they were kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the things that I, I really like about the series of Elder Scrolls as a whole is they don't forget about them. Like, they still exist. Like, oh, they're they, canon. They still, they, oh, yeah. they're, not only are they canon, they relate to more than meets the eye. <laughs> they're, they're actually like you get a lot of references that you won't necessarily get if you don't either read the books or know about the books. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Umbra, uh, just as a, as kind of like a quick overview is a sword crafted, uh, out of <laughs> clavicus vile essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a side effect, Umbra, it, it's it's weird staying with this whole nebulous concept of things. Um, 
Umbra's sentient it's like, like it takes on a personality through it, the merging of the power of the sword and an individual it, right yeah. so it's it's sort of it's weird it's it, it's even more in between things because it's like it clearly has some type of sentience because it's aiming to do something more but then at the same time it it does need a wielder it's not just like a bouncing talking sword like from a disney movie or something <laughs> right, like that right it's right it's it's not quite that fantastical but but you know it, it imbues the the wielder with powers while it kind of like I, the way I, I found it described, which you can correct me if you think it was anything different from your, mm -hmm. it's it's almost like when a wielder has it, the sword uses the host as like a stabilizing mechanism. Like, okay, now mm -hmm. I found a grounding and it, it uses the host almost. It, so it's kind of like a parasitic type of, of weapon. Um, yeah. But as a side effect, it's, it's a pretty powerful weapon in the series and a, another quote-unquote daedric artifact in this situation because his are a little weirder than some of the others um right but yeah right. Um, umbra really comes to prominence uh, you know throughout the books and is a pretty like you said it's that's not to totally ruin the books right well, I, I guess the the big fun thing to point out here is in the fourth era you have the floating city of umbriel yes so um, umbriel is the city that was uh, basically pulled from clavicus vile's realm right it it seems like it was ripped from the realm um and is hovering over nern mm -hmm. as basically a giant doom fortress uh <laughs> yeah for lack of yeah. a better descriptor um and the inhabitants of umbriel are varying degrees of daedra there's a lot of reference to them being kind of like a bug-like type of thing mm -hmm. and it essentially goes across and it starts down in black marsh and it, it goes on its track throughout the book without getting too in detail it starts it starts moving north up towards right. towards morrowind it, to, toward, toward morrowind we'll, we'll leave it and, at that and you guys can read the book right, and, and, and find out more the, right and the fortress itself is just basically this death blender that eats people <laughs> yeah and it's, it's just it's it drops pretty, down it's pretty freaking it's, amazing <laughs> yeah and it just drops down these roots and all these bugs come down and they just murder people and they <laughs> stick them to these vines and it just sucks them up into the fortress mm -hmm. and you know it's just like wow this thing is horrific <laughs> and what, what's so cool about the story is that some of the characters in the story actually get like they're able to get into this floating city and yes. you learn about the nature of the Daedra living in this floating city. And then, of course, you learn right. more about why the floating city's there and what's actually going on with Umbra and Umbriel and, and the other yeah, characters. How it all works how it and all works. stuff like that. Um, and um, so, But yeah, it, it all ties back to Clavicus Vile and Clavicus Vile's power being imbued in the sword and this being ripped out of Clavicus Vile's realm. Yeah. Which is freaking cool when you think about like how all of this stuff ties together. Right. That is a huge tangent from like, a, hey, I made myself a sword. Oh, <laughs> also, as a side effect, all of this happens. Yeah. Yeah. All of this. All of this stuff happens. So this was I believe this is right after the events of. Uh, the Oblivion Crisis. It is uh, right after the events of the Oblivion Crisis, because, uh, again, without 
you know, without doing overt spoilers, even though this is very old, just overtly spoiling this, I feel is actually like a disservice to the books. And I definitely recommend them. Yeah. Um, but there is a portion of the books, specifically the second book where um, part of the story actually takes place in the Morrowind Vardenfell area after the eruption of Red Mountain. So it's, it's literally like, the lava hasn't even cooled. Like there's still ash falling from the eruption during this start of the second book. So it's, it's very, very like oblivion happened with elder scrolls four and then the events of red mountain. And then boom, you've got the start of the books, so to speak. Um, so that's time wise where it falls. Right. Right. So really cool stuff. Um, definitely worth checking out. If you want to just, you know, it, it, I listen to it on audio books, uh, platforms and um, same. Yeah, I, I, I listen to them at work there. Uh, mm. I, I guess random. Pl- you can just yeah. download them on Audible or actually, something like uh, that. Actually, audiobooks.com. Uh, we have oh, a link. There you go. We audio have a link com. in our uh, in our show notes. Perfect. To get, I was like, I don't know if you get have a free book on audio. Actually, you get perfect. three three free books on audiobooks.com. You can go pick them up there on there on audiobooks.com. You can just click them. They're, and I didn't even think about this even, ahead of time. Go yeah. click the link and get them for free. There they're, you they're go. In the show notes. Perfect. Go do it. But no, the 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 audio version is actually very well done. I actually really like the person who reads, uh, who, who does the narration. Uh, they're very good. Mm-hmm. But, he does um, a really fun, uh, one of the main characters is an Argonian. Yeah, Mayor, Mayor Glim. Yeah. It yeah. does a great Mayor Glim. Uh, is a yep. great, there's some really good characters. It is a little more character specific, which is weird for the series because it's not as character focused usually. Um, but it, without going too much on a book tangent, uh, it is, you know, narrated very well. They are, it's not exceedingly long, but they're, they're definitely two full novels. Yeah. Um, and it, it just gives a different direction to seeing some of the more dangerous side of stuff, which is interesting because other than Battlespire, it's probably the best look at Daedric, uh, you know, society type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um the only thing is, don't get too hung up on some of the pronunciations, as he clearly isn't an Elder Scrolls player, and he pronounces some. I mean, we mess up plenty of words, especially. <laughs> we totally mess up I was going to say I, we can't hold anyone else accountable because <laughs> we're a disaster when it comes to pronunciation. But there are some. Uh, there are a couple that it's just kind of funny because it, it, they're much more common, and it's like what the but. Once he says it in context, you totally know what it's it, 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 what he means. It just held me up once or twice at first. I was like, "What?" And then I was like, "Oh, wait! I know what they're saying. They they just meant this." So mm-hmm. that's just kind of mm-hmm. like a disclaimer that keep listening. It, it clicks, even if some of the dialogue's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. So go check that out. Now's a good time for us to take a quick break and, and thank our patrons. Uh, but yeah, the Comicus Files got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, we'll be right back, and we're going to cover some more stuff. So don't go anywhere. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen 
pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire, and every one a sign. So uh, we were setting up for the show before uh doing some of the pre-show stuff and i was like oh we got to check to make sure we have some new patrons i think we had some sign up and i was like oh my god look how many we have this last week <laughs> you guys are nuts uh, thank you to all of our new patrons i'm gonna just go through the list here we have okay hold on to your butts uh carter h uh i, I think you pronounced dark mage who's in ch- chat with us right now hanging out dark mage welcome oh, hey hey um h uh w we'll just call you hw Josh S, I'm F, uh, Avery G, and Alex W all signed up in the last week. Thank you to all of you for signing up on the Patreon. Welcome. And holy moly, you guys are amazing. So, uh, wow. So many new new patrons this last week. You guys are the best. And that means we're up to a total of 85 patrons. Wow. Wow. Uh, and also, we got to say big thanks to our tier five, Daedric Princes, Mr. Gami Boy, and Nudo Al Dente. And, and now that we've been talking more about Daedric Princes again, I have to wonder what a Daedric Prince named Mr. Gami Boy and Nudo Al Dente, what their powers are. Huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to ask them specifically. Maybe Noodle just, uh, I mean, just because that's a more tangible thing I can think of. Maybe there's just no way to overcook Noodle Al Dente. Maybe, maybe it's just, that's his power. It's just always just a little bit tough. Yeah, just it's just you can't you can't really. He's just perpetually perfect pasta. Perpetually perfect pasta, and the Mr. Gami Boy. I don't. I'm gonna have to ask Mr. Gami Boy. So uh, I'm really curious what what theirs would be because I I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I think I think both of you guys, uh, since both of you guys are world active world. on the Discord and, and I've known you guys for a while now, um, need to write in and, and let us know what your powers, what your Daedric Prince powers are, <laughs> <laughs> so we can know. Uh, but thank you to everybody who who signed up on the Patreon. It really means the world to me. Thank you so much. This is this is my career, and you guys supporting the show is just helps me so much and makes this like a real thing for me. So thank you so very much. And um, if, if we've done anything to help to get through your work day, your workout, your drive to work or trying to eat noodles, I was going to say something else, but I got so distracted by noodle. No, just double down on the noodles. Just doubling down on the noodles today. Then go to <laughs> patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast and sign up. You can get ad free episodes. You can join us on future episodes of the show. You can get t-shirts, you can get stickers, all sorts of fun stuff you can get. And 
It's the 17th while we record this, which means we're just two weeks away from our patron episode, which happens to be the exact last day of the month on the 31st, two weeks from today, because we record on Thursdays. And you can always join us in this in the chat because we will call out you if you have fun things to say and we happen to catch them during good parts during the show. So you can always join us on the Robots Radio Twitch channel or the YouTube channel or the Facebook channel. Just search Robots Radio in any of those channels. You can always join us on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Or if you want to join us on the show, the Patreon is the best way to do that. Also, a wonderful way to help us out is to tell your friends or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We don't have any new ones this week to call out, but a rating and review of five stars on Apple Podcasts will read it out on a future episode of the show and also leaving a rating on Spotify if that's your platform of choice means the world as well. Uh, getting good ratings on those platforms helps push us up in search results, which helps get us more listeners and helps, you know, spread the word. Make sure people know that this is a good show. It's worth listening to. So thanks to everybody. And big thanks to our new patrons and all of the people who help support us. We really appreciate it. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. So, podcasts? They're talking about podcasts in, in chat. Podcasts. Podcasts. Pod dogs are still better than podcasts. Wow. Doubling down Whoa. on the pod dogs. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So, um, Lotus, you mentioned that there was a specific story that you wanted to talk about when it came to Clavicus file. Okay. So, we've been dabbling with uh, the artifacts uh, as well as, yes, I mentioned there was a story uh, involving the Rufal Axe, which was the alternate weapon you can you can get mm-hmm. uh, in Skyrim if you pour Barbus. Um, That's a good which, sound. Yeah, that 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 was the Barbus elimination sound effect. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just going to uh, read the snippet because it's not a lore book, so to speak, which is it, it's a story. And I actually think the UESP uh, does a great job of just kind of summarizing it real quick. Um, so what I'm going to do is just read their little snippet. You can check out the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages for this snippet that I'm about to read off. But it's from in-game and it's the st- kind of like the story to the Rufal Axe. Um, so uh, we don't need to read the Rufalax is a Daedric art- artifact cre- uh, created by the Daedric Prince, Clavicus Vile, as part of a terrible bargain. It takes the form of a large iron battle axe engraved with images of werewolves, although it is actually made of ebony in-game. Uh, it is enchanted to steal the strength of anything it strikes, as well as it's known for being a bane of beasts. Circa... Second Era 582, a number of visual replicas designed of the Rufalax uh, image were seen throughout Tamriel. There's a little snippet. The specific part that I wanted to uh, talk about, though, is his story bit, where Clavicus File gave the axe to Sebastian Lort, a powerful Breton conjurer whose daughter was a worshiper of Hersene, another Daedric Prince we haven't gotten to on mm-hmm. the recap yeah. just yet. I think werewolves. Dive. Right. Right. And was cursed with lycanthropy, i.e. she became a werewolf because that's one of her scene's many gifts. To yeah, cure his gifts, daughter, quote, gifts, in quotes. quotes. Uh, <laughs> to cure his daughter, uh, Sebastian prayed to Vile uh, for his aid. In response, the prince gave him the axe, allowing him uh, the means of curing his daughter by slaying her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why? Like, just I had mentioned <sighs> the degree of cruelty for the sake. Of, you so as a tangent before we just finish with it. His daughter is basically become a werewolf and is praying to someone that he is concerned about. Mm-hmm. He chooses clavicus vile for whatever reason. I get maybe he's a clavicus vile worshiper, but you know, help me. I, you know, my daughter, my daughter needs to be removed. And the reward that he is given for asking for clavicus vile's help is an ax. And he's like, yeah, this will help you kill her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this, this will cure it. Like, what a warped way of quote unquote yeah. curing it. It's kind um, of like, you know, those, you know, those posts that get around on social media every so often where like the people ask the Photoshop guy for help and then he does the like <laughs> literal thing to yes. help them with the Photoshop. Yes. It's kind of like that. It really is. He is it, so in, in this case, it's just like, Okay, yeah, no, I I can remove it because no more werewolf if your daughter is dead. And it's right, like Right. It's like it, I have a toe infection. Can you help cure my toe infection? Here's a saw. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No more toe, no more infection. Bingo. Yep. And it's just like this will solve so it. This this was the little anecdote, I guess I'd say, more than even a story, where Clavicus is just essentially like, Yep, I have a solution, and it's here here you go so your daughter is either a, a werewolf and you've lost her to to this uh, to here scene or you murder her and it's just like that's your what i refer to as like the monkey's paw scenario where it's like man when you deal with clavicus vile it seems like the the end goal is to be as precise as humanly possible or merishly possible uh, to, mm-hmm. to really make sure that there's no way he can warp what you said into a, Oh yeah, I can totally do what they say. And look how great I am because I did it, except it's the worst thing. And you're much, much worse off as a result of it. It's so the, it's like it's the, the entertaining himself thing, right? It's the, it's the just trying to be clever because it's entertaining it, for him. Exactly. So it's like, that's kind of like, again, instead of a book this time, I just, the rueful act story always, I thought was exceedingly dark for the sake of like twirling mustache villain dark. Like, Oh, I'm going to do this just to screw with this poor sod. And it's like, Oh, that's a, that's a rough scenario to be in. But obviously after the, after the event, uh, the rueful axe is then lost because that's how Daedric artifacts tend to go. And you can acquire it throughout the series later on, um, you know, down, down the line as the hero vestige dragonborn, what have you. Right. Right. So there's a, uh, another item I think is, is super fun that, uh, potentially has to do with clavicus vile. This one, this one's in fiction. The Fae Falcon is an item that shows up in the books there. In fact, there are three books called Fae Falcon volumes one, two, and three. And these, these are books that show up in the games. This isn't a quest line that you can actually play out. These are just books that show up in the game stories about clavicus vile and they have to do with an enchanted quill like uh, a writing device and if you've never seen a quill uh, quills are old-timey writing devices this is back before you had Mm -hmm. pens with like you know ballpoint pens that could continually output you know ink so you had to dip the quill in the ink and write with it right and then and then the eventually the ink would run out you dip the quill in the ink and, and wrote with it so the quill is the 
item you would keep dipping in the ink. And this enchanted quill was uh, basically, it would take over the mind of the person holding it and it would mm-hmm. manipulate that person. And in this particular story, it the and it says here in, in the notes, the trade-off of wielding such an item is that the quill manipulates the thoughts of its holder. In the case of Tharbad, and that's the character in the story, he was driven to suicide, even writing notes to whoever would discover his body. <laughs> so it gets super dark. And so, yeah, yeah this one's fun. Now, we haven't seen this fun. item show up. <laughs> fun, fun, in quotes. This one's a laugh a minute. This is a laugh a minute. We haven't seen this uh, show up in the games, but I think this would be really fun, fun to show up in a future game. Oh, because... like in a game and give you the writing crazies or something? Mm-hmm. Or as a, uh, and, and one of the things that these games do so well is uh, contextual story stuff. Yeah. So you find notes written by the quill. And you piece it together and then eventually you find the body and the body is like a suicide victim. And then you piece together the notes and then you realize that the person didn't really want these things to happen. Right. The quill forced them to write it. it, Yeah. The quill was forcing that to happen. So it's like at that point, it's just like, oh, man, all tied back to Clavicus file. Yeah. Which also has to be, you know, without getting overly dark, that has to be a very horrific experience to realize that it's like, okay, this is writing basically in my hand. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're aware of? Well, it starts manipulating their thoughts. So it's not even just manipulating their writing. It's changing. It's like like, controlling their thoughts at at one point. So eventually it just starts taking over in control of the person. Sure. And that's kind of where I was getting is like, do you think they're, they have any awareness of the situation like because you know you can like be doing something and also be aware of like eh, this might not be the best day maybe yeah that would be a a really screwed up version of how i would ass- assume to to deal with um it's like you know d- does it just overwrite their thoughts type of deal or is it kind of like a, a horrific blend of the two Yeesh. maybe i uh, my my I think usually in these kinds of things, it's like the you get pushed down and yep. the other so thing overrides you. It's like, oh, I'm so it's like you're sitting back and watching this thing control your body. Yep. And and you're like, you can't get out. It's like you're in like a little jail cell inside right. your, your own mind going like, no, stop yeah. doing that. No. And then you can't get out. Usually that's the way it's kind of written in, in these kinds of stories. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's fun stuff. So. uh one of the one of the things one of the other things we you and I talked about before we did the episode is the the voice acting for Clavicus File. And the voice acting, yeah. we've all heard Clavicus File in the more recent games. He shows up in these quest lines and things, but you specifically pointed out with your <laughs> abundant expertise of the older games in the series that Clavicus voice in Redguard is the best in the series. Yeah, hands down. Hands uh, down. The Elder Scrolls Adventures Red Guard. Uh, it just man, it is it is a stunning piece of art. Uh, Brilliant whoever. performance, um, and yeah. it's not just the performance; it is the uh, the the effects on the voice. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely not overdone at all. The um, I don't know, 
nail-biting performance, maybe we should yeah. call it. Yeah, it'll keep you right on the right on the edge of your seat or mm. on the precipice of a windowsill. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's a little clip from uh, Clavicus Vile in one of his early, early uh, performances where he looks like a uh, funny little, I don't know, almost like a little gnome elf man with horns. He, is like a little, he, he definitely has like a Bosmer type of feel to mm -hmm. it, which is a little peculiar. Uh, and Barbus throughout this game also shape shifts constantly, including while talking. Yeah. Uh, he'll just start becoming random things, including Silas, the main character. He just melts into having a Silas face on a dog body at one point. Yeah. And he, he turns into like a bull and a horse and like all sorts of weird stuff. He's uh -huh. just constantly yeah. changing uh, shapes in the background. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, if you uh, just a warning here, if you don't like the sounds of um, things like fingernails on chalkboards. Yeah. Maybe turn down the volume a little bit. Yeah. If you couldn't sense our previous section dripping with sarcasm uh this is it is hard to explain uh, i the, won't let the voice this acting i won't yeah. let this go too long but here yeah here you here's go a little bit of it here's a little bit listen bold hero cyrus the gaston was much more fun he was very smart and very scared of me okay that's about as much as i could take <laughs> Oh my god! Ugh. I have headphones on, and now my ears are just like bleeding into my headphones. I think I'm gonna have to wash them out. Clavicus has become much more intimidating as the series has gone on, and much more appealing to the ears. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so uh, it is not the same voice actor anymore. That was a very early incarnation of him. The current voice actor for the most recent games is Stephen Russell. And I, I like to point these out in, in the most recent run of these episodes where we're talking about the uh, the Daedric Princess. Stephen Russell has shown up in many other games. Surprise, surprise, like many of these other voice actors, including you guys. You want to guess some of these? Did you have you looked yet? No, I, sh I, shared, I, I, I shared actually this with didn't you. look at uh, okay. I didn't look at his uh, at his thing. So I'm, I'm curious to hear these because actually the couple times you've done this, mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed being surprised by who it is that like what they play. OK, so the oldest the oldest game reference here, the oldest game credit that, that I found is from 1998, where uh, Stephen played uh, the voice of Garrett in the first Thief game. Do you remember the Thief games? I, I never played the Thief games, but I do remember them and they're really cool mm -hmm. big box, like weird. Yeah, it, it wasn't a try. It wasn't like a triangle, but it was like a little pyramid type of thing. with yep. a Flap that opened up. Yeah. Yeah. Another classic game. Early, uh, early uh, PC kind of kind of game. 1999's System Shock 2. Class, oh, OK. Classic game was yeah, pre Bioshock. Uh, few, yeah. Yeah. A few different characters in that. Uh, we can move forward in time was in, in games like remember Freedom Force. Did you ever play Freedom Force? Oh, my God. I did play Freedom Force. Yeah. A variety of different characters in that, including Man of War, Time Master, Iron Ox. Ah, all classic characters. Classic, classic <laughs> characters. Uh, OK, maybe maybe a little bit more uh, well known. Um, Neverwinter Nights. Oh, okay. He was in Never Winter Nights as additional voices. Uh, showed cool. up in multiple Thief games. Um, okay, here's one you'll definitely recognize. Fallout 3. We get into more more well-known stuff. Andy, Mr. Buckingham, the great one, and additional voices. Oh. All right, all right. Here's one you're definitely going to recognize. And we're moving up in time. This is 2008. 
2011, a little game called The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Yep. Right. He was Clavicus Vile. He obviously. was Clavicus Vile, yeah. Also was... Barbus. Oh, he did both? Did both. Also. I didn't know he did both. Yeah. Also, Mercer Frey. Wait, what? Really? Wow. Okay, so he's got some range because I never would have assumed that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I love it when huh. you go, wait a minute, that's the same voice actor? Wow. Yeah. Because oftentimes you go, okay, yeah, I can see that. Like, the, there's a certain, like, timbre of the voice or something. And you're like, yeah, that's, I get yeah, it. Yeah, Mercer Frey is gravelly as hell. Yeah, same, same, same person. All huh. right. Uh, I never would have. I, I definitely whiffed on that. Yeah. So uh, let's move forward in time. Another game in between. But let's jump up four more years. Fallout 4. Get this. Nick Valentine. Really? Codsworth. Okay, what? <laughs> and also other Mr. Handies. Wow. Okay, so that's really all of the and he has quite the British accent. Right. And then also additional voices in both yeah, yeah, Skyrim sure, and sure. Fallout 4. That then, is a that is a huge okay. I I am stunned by this dude's range of voices. Now I know. To like other Bethesda titles. Wow. I, right. Right. And then also uh, Far Harbor, the Far Harbor DLC for Fallout 4. He was um, Dima. So if you played He's that. Dima too? He was Dima. I, that's my favorite DLC in there you go. the series. Yeah. Uh, and then. Oh my God. This, another Bethesda title, Dishonored 2. Another little, little, little favorite. Some people's one of their favorite Bethesda oh, games. Yeah, it's a, right. Amazing game. Corvo Atano. I was gonna say, if you tell me he's Corvo, I'm gonna like. <laughs> he's freaking like, Corvo. Okay, so a mind-boggling range from from this. Uh, I'm going to continue to not look these up in advance because, like, I am literally like, I. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, and then another Bethesda title, Prey, Doctor. Okay. Sylvain Bellamy, another yep. Bethesda title, Fallout 76, Mr. Handy, which he had previously done, right? Makes sense. But Giles he, he definitely has a. Oh, okay. Zeke, and then additional voices. Um, and then a few other games after that. So so he's definitely got a big tie into Bethesda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That it picked up a while back. But wow, I'm I'm very impressed by the, this guy's actual right. vocal range because that is all over the map. Yeah. And and other games, too. These are just the ones that I think our audience would recognize. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, sure. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. Like, like a lot of those characters, I wouldn't have said like, this is the same voice actor. Absolutely not. Not, not, not at all. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's so yeah, cool. That's, that's so, very cool. So cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the voice actor here. Uh, let's see anything else we want to know. There's, there's, there's a few other clavicus vile items that are on the list. I've got, I went over all of those in the original clavicus vile episode. So right. Yeah. And I mean, the, the mask is the most common. Uh, mm -hmm. also one of my favorite artifacts in the Elder Scrolls three Morrowind to love that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. Uh, then of course there's the realm, which I talked about at the beginning, the fields of regret, which yes. of course is created and ruled by clavicus vile. It's and it, this is interesting. It's dotted with majestic cities of glass and ornate buildings. And it's populated by Scoffin or Scafin. I don't know the best uh, way to pronounce it. I always, yeah, I, was, I always thought it was like Scoffin or Skadafin, depending upon how they were saying it, something like that. Yeah, there's no yeah. D in this spelling, so. Yeah, and and they they tend to they're they're, a, um, they're an enemy you encounter at several points dealing with his cult or his his some type of influence of something without spoiling it uh, in ESO. They they 
you you fight Scoffin quite frequently at a couple points uh, when dealing with him. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's one of those realms that actually looks pretty normal, which yeah. is kind of unique for. I mean, a lot of these places you know, they're full of fire and magma, or they look like they're frozen, or they look very dark and sinister, or like you know, purple and blue hued and these kinds of things. Uh, the fields of regret. Are, they look like they've got trees and blue skies and they've you know there's got cities and buildings and mountains and lakes and forests and, and these kinds of things and there just happen to be a lot of daedra that kind of live there in their own little towns and villages and buildings and you know homes and it seems rather normal for it being yeah. a daedric realm right which is kind of weird in its own sort yeah. of way. It's weird how normal it is compared to some of the others. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, that is kind of notably odd. So there is that. Um, there's also these weird little spirals that show up in, in the realm itself. And if you've, yep. if you've seen any of the pictures in ESO or um, some of the other imagery that's been around, there, there are these odd, uh, they're almost like staircases. Yes, that's the best way to put it is like a spiral staircase that just kind of go up into the sky and then they just kind of break apart. And then the pieces that come apart just kind of float yep. up above themselves for no reason. They just kind of are there. Yeah, not really explained. Unexplained. Yeah, very, very odd. Um, the other thing I wanted to note as we wrap this up is that and I, I don't want to spoil anything. Clavicus Vile in the storylines of Elder Scrolls Online, especially in the expansions, the stuff that has to do with the uh, three Daedric princes that are messing around with stuff going on in Somerset and some of the other events in Elder Scrolls Online. He's, he's one of them. And there's some cooperation and then some not cooperation happening. He's one of them. And if you haven't played through that content, even if you're not a big MMO person, if you just want to play through the events and just do the questing and that kind of stuff, it's probably worth it just for the just for getting through the quests and, and that kind of thing because the game totally that, doable solo is totally doable solo if that's your thing if that's your thing it's so it, like that that stuff is actually really good it's totally fun so um yeah big stuff in there don't want to ruin the storyline that he's a big part of it so if you like clavicus vile and you like some of the stuff going on with that and some of the other daedric princes that's a big part of the events of the second era so uh we could go into all of that but we're going to stay away from it because spoilers. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so cool stuff. Any other, any final thoughts on Clavicus? No, Clavicus is a little bit of a, uh, I don't know. I, I, I it's kind of a strange Daedric Prince uh, in regards to some of the others where, I don't know. He, a lot of times it almost seems like, cause some of them are just, and we mentioned him being like, kind of screwed up in many situations with maliciousness and stuff like that. But Clavicus Vinyl uh, has, how can I put this? A, uh, an air of fallibility because you can actually outdo Clavicus Vile in his own deals. And you, he's one of the Daedric Princes with, uh, without outright trying to, quote unquote like fist fight him it's like the main <laughs> right. villain oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you're not going to overpower him he's still a dangerous right yeah. but um he he will definitely you can see some of the Ooh, I didn't account for this. This backfired and stuff like that a little more than some of the other Daedric princes, in my opinion. We had mentioned kind of like the splitting of his power is one thing that he does for his own immune. But um, 
referring briefly back to Red Guard, um, he offers you a puzzle or, or a riddle mm-hmm. um, where you can escape the field of regret if you can just figure it out. And it's not the most complicated thing ever, but if you figure it out, you're allowed to just leave. And he's just like, Oh, all right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) like, so it's not one of those. He strikes me as a potential to, uh, you know, not necessarily everything he's doing is intentionally malicious. It's just, you need to be very careful around uh, clavicus file type mm-hmm. of deal same mm-hmm. thing with here scenes a similar feel type of thing where it's right. like there there is a way as long as you're careful to not have it just turn into a death trap like molek ball it's a little hard to deal with like he, yeah. um so it, it, that's just something that's always struck me about clavicus file i don't know if you've got the same impression but yeah. it's just it's well, they'll, something they'll stick that i words thought. you know they'll, they'll they'll like uh like they'll they'll say like this is the deal and if you figure right. it out, then you're free to go or I'll, it, you know, I'll do it this. It seems like. And they will. Right. And it seems like the ability to try to get one up on him is almost part of his entertainment. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, all right. All right. Touche. You got out pretty well in this mm-hmm. deal. I'm a little annoyed because I wanted to, like, do whatever I was going to do. But it's like, all right, I'm, I'm entertained type of thing. Right. So it's like. Right. Or it, her scene the, in your example, like if you do escape if you're part of the hunt and you do escape then that was part of the enjoyment of being able yeah it's like oh all right the potential of hunting you was that you legitimately did have the potential to escape because if you didn't then it wasn't really a hunt it it wasn't a hunt it was just murder which is like okay well that's not what heresy was going for so it's like similar vibe to that was something Mm -hmm. that i always found unique because it's one of the rare princes that i feel kind of falls into that category it's not a real bargain unless you legitimately have a way to to best him exactly exactly yeah 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 i I think you're right about that and and sometimes you do get the better end of the deal and he just right. goes, and he has to not he has common, to fall through with it. Happen. And sometimes he's pissed off, but yeah, exactly. But he's but, just like mortals, ah, and then he leaves, <laughs> and you're well, like, right, sorry, sorry, Clavicus. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> sucks to be you. <laughs> sorry, Barvis. <laughs> he's going to be very mad for a while. <laughs> he's going to be mad at you, Barvis. He's going to send you away again. <laughs> Poor Barvis. Poor Barvis. Well. Uh, I also apologize to all of our cat lovers out there. I don't really hate cats. I just can't. I can't breathe. You hate that you can't breathe. I can't breathe around them. (laughs) But uh, that's definitely definitely sour your experience. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, Lotus, you got any other fun news? I know you just hit hit the big three. Oh, we did. You had a big Um, announcement the other day. I guess the other thing, because now it's officially like announced and everything like that, um, just to anybody who might not have seen uh, episode 300 of Tales of Tamriel, uh, we made it official. We are actually now um, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, Tales of Tamriel. Uh, we <laughs> have joined with the resource that we use here. Uh, it's almost like there's this weird cross-branding thing that we're kind of working on. Strange yeah. how that works, isn't huh. it? Um <laughs> But yeah, so we're very happy to partner with uh, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. It gives us a lot of resources for our stuff and avenues. And um, since we do more of a news and discussion thing over at Tales of Tamriel and Elder Scrolls Lorecast here is, you know, the focus is on the lore with v- we do a little touch on 
stuff in game, like, you know, news stuff, but that's really not the focus here. Uh, I kind of am aiming to integrate the idea of, since I don't really intend to do a lore lesson on lore, uh, the uh, Tales of Tamriel, I kind of am hoping that we can link to what we cover on this for people who are interested in that. So it's like, I kind of like the idea of just like, Mixing it because we've long been since I'm a host on both shows, just kind of sister shows with each other. Like you've been over joining us for a couple episodes over there and everything like that. So it seemed like a good mix. And uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting to work with the uh, Undefensible Elder Scrolls pages on an official status. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's We're that's very officially exciting. Officially unofficial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, there's there's more there's more stuff to come. We're all gonna oh yeah. We're all gonna be talking more about things. Lots that we can exciting do, stuff. Uh, more crossover stuff and things. So yeah. it's, it is exciting. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Everybody, so, nope, we all we're all we're all we're all good friends, and we're all you know in, in in this together because we're all talking about things that we love. And um, so yeah, so go go if you haven't listened to Tales of Tamriel, go listen. Lots of fun conversations was incredibly fun. And, uh, you know, actually just cause several of you from chat here were there during that live stream. Um, yeah. Shout out to everybody for that. That was a deluge of people who hung out and a lot of people who can't usually catch the live show type of thing, just cause episode 300 was a pretty big milestone. Uh, we had some people and it, getting up at all sorts of weird time zone hours just to come say hi. So yeah, a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. That's, that's awesome news. Yeah. You guys have definitely put the work in and, uh, you know, sticking it out for 300 episodes is, is no small feat. There's a lot of podcasts that never get to like, you know, 10. So, right. right. (laughs) Yeah. It helps when it's fun. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it also helps when you have people, you know, tuning in and the community that has built and and stuck around, you know, that definitely makes it worth it. So, absolutely to you know so cheers to everybody all, all the way around um let's see i've got i've got my stuff going on we're still raising money for people in ukraine who need medical support because which is going amazingly yeah not this is, not that i well, want that whole yeah. thing to end no but the, i mean the fundraising yeah, <laughs> right the fundraising I, is, yeah. is going amazingly the, the ukraine thing cannot end quick enough for those people absolutely absolutely um, yeah we we have now hit 900 dollars thanks to this community our goal is now a thousand i had no idea we would be even near this it is amazing you guys are amazing so if you're looking for the link if you want to contribute even just a few dollars then the link is in the show notes or you can always join us on the robots radio discord and just look in the announcement section for a link or just shoot me a note if you're just curious say, hey what's the link it's tiltify I'll, I'll share the link with you and um I'll be streaming more during the days. I streamed a little bit uh, yesterday, so Wednesday. Played some Elden Ring with the community. They watched me get my butt kicked. It was it was super fun. It was great, and uh, <laughs> lots of people came out. So it was super fun. I, I love hanging out with this community. You guys are are just the best. So uh, of course we stream this show on the Robots Radio channels on uh, YouTube and Twitch and Facebook, and I restream my game streams on those same channels. So you're always welcome to just follow me on any of those channels and turn on notifications if you want to just happen to catch any of my game streams either during the day or in the evenings and i'm going to be trying to do that as much as i can i i've mentioned this before but i'm you know as i can't always get to to it but it's one of those things that when i can i'm always happy i did so you know uh, 
again, I'm going to try to do this as much as I can. So hopefully I'll be able to do that. Uh, also, Lord of the Rings Lorecast is is out there. We're already three episodes in over a thousand downloads. Uh, we're already getting reviews and stuff coming in and everybody's saying such nice things. So thank you to the community for checking that show out as well. And uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, so that's what we got going on. And thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another Daedric Prince. And until then, just, you know, stay safe out there. Be good to each other and uh, try not to make any weird deals with any uh, Daedric people with big horns on their heads and and dogs. Also, maybe maybe just dogs. Maybe yeah, just make make deals with dogs. Yeah. You know what? Just give a dog a hug. If, yeah. Dogs are always good to make deals with because you just yeah. give them treats and then they give you, you know, cuddles. And then that's great. Oh, this you is can't great. go wrong with dogs. Yeah. Dogs are the best. Dogs are the best. Dogs are better than cats. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Only give cats hugs if you're not allergic to them or if they uh, don't. So I guess, yeah, you know, do, if you're allergic to dogs, don't give dogs hugs. Yeah. Or if the cats are giving you that look like I'm going to scratch your eyes out, don't give the cat a hug because cats are weird like that. Sometimes they just want to, they just do that thing where they're just like, don't do, don't you, don't. They give you that look like, you know that look. This one. <laughs> you know that the cats do that. Oh yeah. They, oh yeah. My cat used to do that all the time. It's, it's just, eh, it's like, all right, fine. We, we don't want to hug right now. Right. They have to come to you. Yeah. See, see, it does do dark that. mage, dark mage knows cats. They do that. That look. Yeah. That that's the, don't you come at me. I'm going to come to you, but you don't come to me. It's actually weird. Um, Dogs don't do that. Dogs are just always happy for attention. Well, that's the thing. So like in the background, Boots has just been rolling over on her little futon. (laughs) But um, one of the things that we actually find really funny, she always likes hugs and everything like that. But sometimes my wife will just sit there and just like keep her in like a little hug. And when Boots wants to go do something else, she doesn't try to squirm free. She she does this dramatic thing. And it's it's so weird because she's like and boots will just sigh and that's when we know it's like oh you want to go get a drink of water or something like that because uh. she'll just dramatically go <laughs> and my wife will be like oh i guess we're all done here and she'll let her go and she'll hop off and she'll walk over to wherever but she never tries to get away she just increasingly will sigh more dramatic until you get the point that's funny that's funny <laughs> Yeah, dogs are less likely. You're right. Dogs are less likely to do it. Much like elves, they submit to their supremacy. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Faceless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Faceless. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think that cats are more likely to eat you if you die. Oh, my cat absolutely would have eaten me. I know. didn't even like it. Well, actually, I guess Boots said, nobody likes me to sleep. I was going to say, my cat, when I had a cat, he used to jump up on my chest when it was time to wake up, and he'd just swat me until it was like, hey, hey, wake up. Cats hey. are mean. Like, dogs, and I, I, right? dogs will go to, like, though, the like, door because they're like, I need to go out, right? Yeah. But they don't come over to your face and punch you. <laughs> no, but the, the only thing is, though, every morning, which is just after Boots goes out, 
her most exciting thing is she, she's she's too stumpy to get up on the bed, so she has a little staircase. <laughs> right, right, yeah, because a little so we got the little stairs. staircase. She goes yeah. up, and whether it's me or my wife who's laying there, she jumps up on the bed and like torpedoes whoever's like not the one who got up uh-huh. and she'll wind up and just be like, yeah. And like dive bomb, whoever it is, right. just so you can acknowledge her. And she gets all happy and then falls asleep. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, a, I'm back. Hey, Hey, yeah, cause they're being friendly. Again. And then just, yeah, right. it's like five minutes of happiness, excitement and then sleep. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's totally a duck thing. Uh, you take peanut butter baths, Rob. <laughs> Seems like that would be very uncomfortable, but also probably really good for your skin. Yeah, but if you didn't, like, get the peanut butter off, you'd get, like, really... And if you had a peanut butter allergy... <laughs> oh, that'd be no good. That'd be no good. Be not great. But, like, I want I want you guys to debate this. Like, w- which do you think is more likely to eat you if you died? Like, if you, if you died and nobody found you for, like, a day, I'm, would your cat eat you first or would your dog eat first? I, I think cats. I think Boots would just keep ramming me like with her head being like, come on, do stuff. And then just like, eventually start licking you and then realizing like there's meat here. Yeah. Uh, what? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Right. Because the cat's tongues have those little like they're rough. And then yeah. eventually they'd start like tearing your flesh off and then be like, hmm, <laughs> there's blood and meat in this. Mm. Whereas dogs would just like sit next to your body and just be like, oh, you're not getting up. Why why won't you take me outside? Why won't you get up? Oh, why won't you get up? And they just won't know what to do for like a day. Have you ever found, I think it's in Banker Eye, the dog who's just sadly staring at his owner's grave? Yes. No, well, hmm. Maybe? There's just there's a grave by a tree. I it's that actually sounds familiar. A, like, it's like a point of interest. Like it, it, it will give you experience. You can mm. find it, but it, it's the saddest of the puppies just staring at like the grave, That's and it's just like yeah. yeah. This this got real. This got even darker. Yeah, this got <laughs> this got real dark. <laughs> real dark. Oh, <laughs> this got depressing. Yeah, I'm gonna go hug seriously. my dogs. Yeah, Aww. somebody go hug a dog or a cat. Everybody or go. Oh my everybody god. Everybody go hug an animal. If you don't yeah, have an animal, go look up a picture animal and be nice. To, give give here. whatever animal is here. nearest you a happy little treat. Cute and I dog. A scratch. Cute dogs. Here, I just I just Google searched cute dogs. Here's a Google search of cute dogs. Go print one of these out and hug it. If you don't have a dog, there you go. Some of these are really derpy looking dogs. All right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> Lotus, this was fun. I'll see yeah. you guys later. Bye. See you next time, buddy. All right. Have night, a good night. everybody. See you guys. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story, available now.